Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Dylan, three o'clock on the dot. You know what that means? It's time for Matt, Lana, and the King. Yeah. Driving home Atlanta is a traffic jam. But we got Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Na 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 Chuck and Chernoff. Na 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 Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Ring the bell. Chuck and Chernoff rolling on a Thursday. Heath Klein and Dylan Short in for Matt. And of course, the king, Chuck Oliver in the house. Coming up. Matter of minutes, you have a chance to possibly win Chuck's dinner. That's coming up in just a little bit. You can win! That's right. We will tell you this hour of the show is presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. All right, so gentlemen, the waiting game is on with Georgia State and who their next head coach is going to be. There was a report last night first that indicated that the top two candidates for the job were Georgia running backs coach Del McGee and Georgia Tech offensive coordinator Buster Faulkner. The only other name that's even come up is Trooper Taylor, who's yep. part of the staff at Texas A&M. But it, it then was reported, okay, it looks like it's going to be McGee. And that's kind of where things sit right now is that the buzz is that it is likeliest to be Del McGee, the running backs coach for the Dogs. But... It's not official, and it's not a given that it's going to wind up being that way. So there's a lot of different angles involving all three of the local teams here. Let's start with the basics. Let's just say for these two fan bases, right now you know there's a chance you could lose your guy. If Georgia loses Del McGee, you're losing a guy who's been a part of Kirby Smart's staff from the beginning, one of only two guys left who has that title. He also is an ace recruiter by all accounts, fantastically well-connected in state. Georgia Tech, you're losing your offensive coordinator, which you'd love to have that continuity from year one into year two. If one of the two of them loses a guy, who's hurt worse? Georgia Tech, without question. I would Um, agree. There's also the public perception thing that would get lost here. Um, Buster Faulkner, I don't know if this is public. I don't even know if it's true. I think it's true. Maybe it's public. Um, Notre Dame and Kentucky, he gave both of them a Heisman. And they're paying $1.5 million. Bush Hamden, like he was making 275 at Boise, had eight starters coming back and a five-star quarterback transfer from USC. Kentucky called. He's like, wife, get in the car. We're going to Lexington. Million and a half dollars to coach. I didn't hear that. Um, So they had pursued Buster at whatever level, I guess, and he had bypassed that. He ain't taking the head coaching job at Georgia State, I don't believe. Part of that is because this is still kind of new to him, okay? 
kind of back home. I'm at Georgia Tech now. It's my first year as OC, and we'll look, I already got some interest. Dell? Dell's different. Dell was head coach at Carver Columbus and really, really successful. And then what was it? Georgia Southern for a minute, and then Kirby got hired. It's like, Dell! So welcome home, Dell. And he's, as you said, he's been in Athens since Kirby got the job. Life's good. He's making eight fifty in Athens. And he's running backs coach, and for his skill set, like it's it's a hand in the glove, man. It fits really well. All right, new sentence. Dell apparently wants more and has for a while, and it's been pretty clear. I want more. Remember, we talked about Brian McClendon a few days ago. He realized as long as Mike Bobo's here, I'm never going to get to be OC or even get OC properties attached to me. Dell McGee was even behind Brian McClendon. And so Dell's like, if there's a chance for me to be a head coach, hell yes, I'll just cut the line. And here's the other thing. Look in Georgia State's incoming freshman class. It's kids there. So if, I don't know, Sean Elliott already had the job and said coaching tight ends in the SEC was better. I think being Dell McGee in Athens is is better as well, unless you haven't been a head coach before. So there's a lot of carrots out there that I expect this to end with Del McGee being the coach, but Heath, I haven't seen it either. No, it's not official as of yet, and we don't know for sure that it will go official, so you have to leave the door open until that happens. The thing to me about Del McGee, or, or anybody really, when you're considering giving up something, that you have to say, okay, one, what I'm getting, what is that worth versus what I'm giving up, but also, can I get back what I'm giving up? Can I go to something at least as good? Let's just say, hypothetically, Del McGee accepts the job a couple years in. For whatever reason, it's not what he thought it would be. Doesn't have the resources, can't hold kids in state anymore because everybody will transfer on you after one year, not two. Whatever it is, he could probably call Kirby straight up and say, hey, I want to come back and come back for the same money or more in, in roughly Larry the Porter same position. Going to Memphis. It, it, it's a very low-risk proposition. And if, for whatever reason, Kirby didn't have an opening and he wanted out, anybody who Apparently recruits is. the South would love to have a guy like Del McGee. And you know there's oh, going to be turnover on staffs. Been, Auburn calls him like once a year, just like they set a reminder on like December 3rd. Just checking in, seeing if you want to come Del's down up. Which, and, and look, I mean, it's a fair point to it. I don't know if there is a better recruiter in college football than Del McGee because you talk about Kirby Smart, we talk about Nick Saban, you talk about Auburn. Those are all places that at least throughout time have had f- phenomenal recruiters. And yet, Del McGee, you, I've mentioned, I've heard you mention this a lot. When if you're a running back, a running back coach or a wide receiver coach, really, that's just code for you're a recruiter, and we needed to give you a job title that was not also analyst. That way, we could also hire some guys whose label is analyst. When you can recruit like that, particularly in the South, because just according to Buck and all that, the Del McGee has more contacts than basically anybody else in college football for the state of Georgia. And Georgia being one of, I would say, conservatively anyway, one of the top four states in the country to grab football talent out of, that's an invaluable resource to have. So that's one of those commodities where you can go and you can try being a head coach. And if it doesn't work, all right, well, I can still fall back on my pay me six figures to be a recruiter. And that is one of the frustrations. And I've also tried to mention this consistently as well. Like Brian McClendon, one of the frustrations, he's looking around going, no, damn it, I really can coach. I really can coach. I swear I can coach. And then I, that's nice, Brian, go sign people. <laughs> um, Del McGee has been looking around. He's been vocal about it. Like he's like, I really, really can do more. And like okay you're behind brian too and you're both behind bobo remember was an analyst for a minute uh, what i was and wh- then when when uh todd munkin went to the league like bobo skipped everybody and he should have now see i would have said so that just kind of put it in perspective for del mcgee is like this line is really long talking about buster faulkner i would argue that mcclendon and del mcgee would likely be behind faulkner as well because if bobo were to for whatever reason decide he was no longer going to be the oc at georgia I guarantee you Kirby's going to call Buster before he calls in Brian McClendon. Now, I do want to say also, like Brian Hartline, all those dudes don't turn into pro bowlers and you know, like all pro NFL guys if all Brian Hartline does is get signatures. Like, you coach as well. Del McGee, I'll give him credit. He's about to have two more NFL running backs come out of, I think, Dejon and Kendall, but they're both NFL guys. Kendall's going to be way better than so, the too. So, like, it's not just signing guys. He's doing something right as a coach as well because those guys do. 
protect the ball, work your legs. He Georgia backs do that as good as anybody. So he's doing he's doing the coaching part too. All right, let's bring it back around to Georgia State. If you're Georgia State and you could just take any guy, they'll all accept the job out of those three. Who are you taking? Oh, Buster Faulkner. No I'm saying question. Buster because he shows up with his plan. Now, here's he has a plan that is obvious because he has a play sheet and he's been an OC. And even before Athens, he was a play caller before that. Dell may have a plan as well, but we don't know about it. Now, here's the reality. Get players at Georgia State. Maybe you can have any plan and it's going to work. Honestly, I, to me, I would go with McGee. And the reason is because while I, I think Faulkner's a good coach, I have no idea how Faulkner is when it comes to landing talent. And what we've seen with Georgia State is we've seen that they can land talent, develop talent, and then have it grabbed off their roster by other programs. But what I think McGee brings you that a guy like Faulkner's not is the kid that left the state, didn't work out for him for whatever reason. You went ACC, you went Big Ten, Notre Dame, SEC, whatever. It didn't work out. You're ready to come home. I think the connections he's got to those high-level talents will bring them to Georgia State a lot more often than what Faulkner could do. I think you're going to have a Georgia State program that's going to have a ton of two-year kids. I think you're going to have a bunch of kids that he lands because of his in-state connections that he knows, hey, this guy might be two inches undersized for the SEC, but he's a spectacular athlete, and he's going to land that kind of kid. And after a couple of years, some SEC schools going to say, we don't, okay, we're yeah, going we to grab him anyway. So like the Richie so you, James thing so that in Middle Tennessee? You got the freshmen and sophomores that are the talent you're getting because you're Del McGee coming up. And then you're going to get the guys that were good enough that you couldn't land them the first time. You're going to get them on the rebound for your juniors and seniors. I hope for Dell he gets the job or accepts it, or apparently they're trying to you know get terms correct. I hope for him and his kid and everything involved, and then I hope he's a success. I hope that's how it happens. Um, I think that the trend, though, and the reason I say I would choose Buster is I know Del McGee can recruit and the connections and the kids he'll sign. I don't know that about Buster. You're right. Maybe Buster's a good recruiter. Maybe he's not. We'll find out. Um, Del McGee, I don't know if he has a good plan, a bad plan, or no plan. I know Buster shows up with the playbook and the play sheet and a decade of experience calling the plays, and that is the profile of who you hire. Who's like it is Lincoln Riley, it's Gus Malzahn, it's whomever it is on that side of the ball. Like, close your eyes and think of I hired an offensive assistant to be the head coach. Close your eyes. It's Lane Kiffin or someone holding a play sheet. Like, they're all holding the play sheet. Every guy you come up with is holding the play sheet. And, and, when you talk Josh about Faulkner, is, I mean, Faulkner in particular, I mean, you look at the difference in Georgia Tech's offense from 2022 to 2023, and part of it can be Brent Key got his guys in there, he put up his systems, but no, a lot of that is Buster Faulkner has a, a phenomenal offensive repertoire. For what it's worth, it's expected there will be an answer in the next 24 hours as to who the next coach of Georgia State's going to be, and we'll see whether it winds up being one of the guys off of the two in-state staffs again. Right now, if you had to place a bet, you'd probably be betting on McGee. What do you say it's time we wing it? It's time to wing it. Presented by WNB Factory. Serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at WNBFactory.com. All right, so we have to set this up so you understand today's winging it topic. Uh, Simply put, we have a story out of Oklahoma City. A woman in Oklahoma City was sought by police after going bananas in a restaurant over an endless shrimp promotion. The Endless Shrimp promotion from a national chain restaurant. You can probably guess which one. Red Lobster. They've been having issues with this. <laughs> They've been having issues every week. There's a there's a, something about this Endless Shrimp thing. This woman in Oklahoma City went to a restaurant near uh, Memorial in May, according to the reporting from Fox 25 in Oklahoma City. And when she was informed that the Endless Shrimp did not include coming home with you, it means it ends when you leave the restaurant, not endless for the rest of eternity. And so... She, according to reports, began smashing plates on the ground, became verbally aggressive towards the wait staff. Uh, it has later been reported, I swear this is true, that the woman in question's name, street name at least, is Hush Puppy McGee. Oh, no. So Hush Puppy McGee went completely bananas on the staff at, as Chuck noted, the Red Lobster, uh, because the endless shrimp did not come home yeah, with her. Apparently... I'm not kidding. Upper management at Red Lobster Corporate got fired because this endless shrimp, they've been losing. 
Well, like no, they didn't no. charge enough. They didn't charge enough. We're going to charge you what? $10, $15? Oh, no. I think it's like $22. Okay. So and they've been losing money on it. So now it's like $25, $26. Maybe there's a shrimp sur- uh, surcharge going on. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, who be. in the world thinks that you go to an all you can eat buffet and then you could just take like 50 pounds home with you? No like- one reasonable, but also I would ask in particular something, sure, it travels. Anybody really want old shrimp? <laughs> that is a dangerous game. I don't like shrimp that have been out for like two hours. No, thank you. Like, that's the first thing the health department shows up. Look on that yellow piece of paper. Temperature I, of the shrimp. Like, that's the first thing on there. I think we can safely say, in retrospect, the odds are pretty good that Hush Puppy McGee is not going to feel great about the choice to completely go bananas and have the law after her over... You know, a few more shrimp scampi for the for the road. Stood on business, okay? Probably not what you want to lose your temper over. And so that leads us to today's winging it idea: the most ridiculous thing you have lost your temper about, Chuck. All right, I thought about this. Uh, True story. I wish it wasn't. Um, Top of the first inning of a fraternity intramural softball game at Auburn, I got ejected for arguing about a ten foot arc. (laughs) <laughs> the pitcher i'll give him credit for the other fraternity like he's throwing 12 strike 13 he's like f it 15 i walked to home plate with the rule book open uh, i didn't even get my bat i got ejected in the top of the first inning for a softball game because he didn't know the rules he didn't know the <laughs> rules how could you eject me when you don't know that he didn't know i said 10 foot arc he had never heard it he never heard that phrase. Dylan, what'd you lose your temper over? This might be a surprise but to, to some of you out there, but there's quite a few things I've been known to f- kind of fly off the handle of some rather stupid things at times, but I'll share another baseball one just because it's pretty quick. Uh, I used to, whenever I would allow a base runner, first I'd get very mad anyway, um, but I used to like to do things where like I would try to line up in the windup and then I would go through my full windup, but I would step off with the wrong foot, so technically I've disengaged the rubber. Well, I did this one time and picked a guy off because it looks like I'm really going through the pitch. They called me for a balk, and I started screaming at the umpire uh, on the How field. How old were you? Um, probably 15, 14 or 15. <sighs> I was very angry because I was an ump. I was an umpire as well. Yeah, that's a very adult moment for a 15-year-old. <laughs> and I was talking to them at first. like that's I, I didn't break a rule. I disengaged the rubber. Yeah. Was, well, you're, you're deceiving the runner, and we got into the debate of what is a balk because nobody knows what a balk is. It's like trying to figure out what a catch is in the NFL. Like The technical description of a balk is trying to deceive the runner, which means technically all pickoffs would be balks, but oh, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, not, my, not my proudest moment. I did get unceremoniously yanked from that game and sat – for another couple of games. Did you identify yours? I have not because I was, I really, I don't lose my temper. The one I'm going to give is my wife's actually, because that the one thing like is, cheating. well, it, maybe it is, but I couldn't think of a great one, but I, I there's one thing. My wife is a, a delightful woman, but if they try to charge her for sauce somewhere, she goes Hulk. I'm with her. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's, there's a, a, a national uh, chicken finger chain there was a place called Wild Wing Cafe. I think still exists here in town. Yeah. I don't know if it does. Yeah, it does. But one time they wanted to charge like 50 cents for extra ranch. That's ridiculous. And we were in a booth, and it's a good thing because otherwise she would have picked up a chair and started swinging. <laughs> and I was like, honey, I'll pay the ranch fee. I promise. She believes what she believes. Hey, Zaxby's charging I, you a quarter to get an extra thing of Zaxby's. Yeah, sauce. I used to. Have you ever eaten at Guthrie's? I have. Okay, Guthrie's started the same thing. I was like, really, a quarter for sauce? I started kind of doing the multi. I was like, there's no way that costs you $80 for a gallon of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty mellow, and she is normally too, but I'm telling you, man, if, if you try and charge her for sauce, it is on. We want your answers as well. Send them whoa, in. Whoa, whoa, you got to respect the people behind the glass. Yeah, what's no, their we don't. best moments? No, no. You, guys, you guys took too long, so I told Heath, that don't worry about it. I've been instructed not oh. to respect the people behind the glass. Oh, we went that too felt long. like a shot. Harris wow. Cherokee Casino's Twitter Story feed, however, too we, long. Do, we yeah, do want your answers us. to that question, the thing, most irrational thing you've lost your temper about publicly. Hey, do you have an extra Alexander Hamilton floating around in your wallet? Because at least one outlet is betting that you do. We'll explain coming up here at 6 a.m. The Fan, 937 Chuck and sure off as we continue, Heath Klein, Dylan Short in for Matt today, hanging with the King. And of course, it's Thursday. That means it's your chance to potentially win Chuck's dinner. We're going to have that 
coming up in a few minutes. If you would like to participate, though, right now, be a caller, 404-231-1680. Call in, see if you can get a chance to play to win Chuck's dinner. But before you get a chance to do that, Chuck's got a little something on his mind, specifically tied into what the folks at the Worldwide Leader are doing with trying to get more money out of your wallet. Yeah, and I'm saying $10. I don't know. Um, do you have an extra $10 a month or however much ESPN and then little yellow plus mark cost? They're betting that you do. Uh, ESPN.com, my prediction, it is on its way, like, and it's a short path, to becoming a fully subscription-based membership-only website. Um I went to ESPN.com today, and then I clicked on Atlanta Falcons, and I just wanted to see what ESPN had going Falcon-wise. The first article, three offers for the number one draft pick, three offers for Justin Fields. Let's lay out the Bears' options. Courtney Cronin, sounds great. I was going to click on it, ESPN+. Plus. I was like, all right, well, that's brand-new articles, premium stuff. I'll go down to the next one. Uh, perfect landing spots for the NFL's top free agents where 50 stars would fit best. Matt Bowen. I don't know him, but it, I was hooked going to click on it. Yellow plus sign. Finally, I got down to the third most important Falcon story. It was free (laughs) running back. Davis retires after eight seasons with six teams. That's the first Falcons borderline-related story you can read for free at ESPN.com is that Mike Davis, guy who played here like three years ago, a running back who was on six teams in eight years, that's the most breaking, important piece of Falcons news that ESPN.com has given you for free, which is fine, by the way. Their website, they pay all these people, all right? But they are now perpetrating one of the two big scams in the digital space. The first one is get you to start paying for what was always free. Here's the second one. If it was content you paid for at the outset and you chose entry level, the basic level where like you pay the lowest rate, but you get ads, they keep raising the price until eventually you're paying the original ad free rate, but you also are still getting marketed to thoroughly. So those are the two paths and ESPN is on the first one. We're going to get all these efforts to start giving us $10 a month. I've been reading ESPN.com since like 1998, um, and it's been free, and it's not free anymore. Like I said, their website, but the transition to the athletic is almost complete. Okay, so the obvious question, favorite moment of the Mike Davis era, Dylan, go. Oh, that's a tough one. South Carolina times, not the Falcons era. I, I, that was the first, the most vital piece of Falcons information <laughs> was R.B. Davis, not even Mike Davis. <laughs> R.B. Davis retires after eight seasons with six teams. I was like, that's kind of a shot at Davis. I, when you said that, I had to kind of think. I was like, Davis. They oh, Mike say, Davis? Carolina's leading rusher in nine, 2019 <laughs> or what? Like, they didn't do that. They said, this dude who bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced. We're not even giving you his first name. This running back named Davis, he quit. Oh, and he had a minute in Flowery Branch. That's what you get for free if you went. Yeah, the, the one thing that they've got that's a problem is they've got some really good people. Like, I, to me, Bill Barnwell is one of the very best fantastic. writers on football out there. Uh, Bill Conley obviously has fantastic insights on college football. But the problem is they have to make them free a certain amount of the time or else nobody knows who they are and nobody's going to want to pay. So it's always interesting to me which ones they say, okay, we'll throw you a Barnwell today and then the next five are pay to try and reel you back in. But there's no doubt that's what they're trying to do. It's like Jeff Passan for baseball or, or Kylie McDaniel or any of them. Like you'll get every once in a while, you'll get an article or like it'll still be behind the paywall, but you get the first half of the article just enough to really get you hooked. We're getting to the point now where by the time you add up all your streaming services, because Hulu doesn't have everything, ESPN doesn't have everything, Netflix doesn't have everything. They get you to start paying for stuff in the U.S. Wait a minute. I'm paying the same amount as I would have for cable. Yeah, I'm paying for whatever service. And now I have to pay more for the reasons I actually joined. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, whatever they're trying to do, uh, I can't promise you that we can help you pay for ESPN. But dinner could be on us if you can beat Chuck at his own game. It's suicide. You've seen him. You know how strong he is. You can't win. It's time to win, win Chuck's dinner. dinner. Served up by our next Chop Shop, a fresh modern expression of the classic American steakhouse. Have you been to Arnett's? 
treat yourself. Go to Arnett's um, for $100 off, and that's the structure of the game. If you get more right answers in a round than me, then you get a $100 gift card to Arnett's. Again, that's how it's set up. If it actually goes that way, it's sort of dependent upon you, but um, it's an exemplary meal, man. If you don't win the card, go anyway. Uh, First Lady and I, we're going Saturday, so there's that. All right, well, we've got three people ready to take you on, Chuck, and uh, I will tell you that the categories today are going to be Heath, Dylan, and Kang. Kang category should be interesting for Chuck. All right, Chuck will now head into the isolation booth so he cannot hear the questions, but it is time for us to get some of the callers into the mix here. First up, we have Tim. Tim, welcome to 6A The Fan. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? Doing great. Now, have you played Winchuck's Dinner before? Never have. Listened to it all the time, but this is my first time putting my toe in the water. All right. You feeling confident? You feeling good? Yeah, I was till I heard the uh, categories, but I'm going to I'm gonna try to, to, to soldier on through with the, going with the Kang, Kang category. All right. Well, there we go. We, we know what category already it is that he's picked out. I will now turn you over to DT and let him work his magic. Uh, but first, we've got to put 60 seconds on the clock. Let's see if you can win Chuck's dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Kang Kong has found himself pitted against this rival lizard in multiple feature films. Godzilla. That is correct. Kang Jaffe Joffer of Zamunda was portrayed by James Earl Jones in this criminally underrated 1988 comedy film. Coming to America. That is correct. Kang George III was the king of Britain during this famous war. Uh, hmm, hmm, World War II? That is incorrect. Stephen King wrote the popular novel that inspired the movie starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Shawshank Redemption. That is correct. Which planet in our solar system is the largest? Jupiter. That is correct. Dead or Alive, actress Sophia Loren. Alive. That is correct. What is the capital of Mississippi? Jackson. That is correct. All right. Strong showing. Let's go ahead. Bring the Kang back in here. Chuck, uh, the uh, category that was selected by Tim was Kang. So that's where we're going to start for you. Okay, Derek, I'm not, like, reading lips through the glass, man. I've got my eyes on you out there in the isolation booth, Chuck. All right, All right so Kang. <laughs> Chuck, deep breath. Kang is a category. <laughs> All right. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock, and let's see if he can keep his dinner from our next chop shop. Kang Kong has found himself pitted against this rival lizard in multiple feature films. Godzilla. That is correct. Kang Jaffe Joffer of Zamunda was portrayed by James Earl Jones in this criminally underrated 1988 comedy film. Coming to America. That is correct. Kang George III was the king of Britain during this famous war. That, oh, um, uh, American Independence? Yep. Okay, we'll accept that. Stephen Kang wrote the popular novel that inspired this movie starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. That is correct. Yeah. Which planet in our solar system is the largest? Oh, is that uh, Jupiter? That is correct. Dead or alive, actress Sophia Loren. She's alive. She is? And finally, finally what is the capital of Mississippi? Uh, Jackson. That is correct. All right. Well, Chuck, you uh, you ran the table. You damn Went right. Seven for seven. Mm-hmm. Who did I play against? Uh, you were going against Tim. And how strong, did Tim perform? Strong showing out of Tim. How did Tim do? Six. You can't win. Oh snap! And nicely done there, Tim. Valiant effort, man, but unfortunately not able to get Chuck's dinner. Still worth going this time Tim. around. We appreciate you participating. All right. Chuck, get out of here. Yeah. Get back into the uh, isolation booth this? here. Uh, we'll have to. Tim missed uh, the, war. The, the war. Which which we had like a debate. I didn't know if we were going to have to go to the judges on that for a second, but uh, we, we, we counted it. All right, so Corey is up next. Corey, welcome to 6A The Fan. How are you? All right. We lost Corey, so we will go instead to Eric. Eric, welcome. You're on 680 The Fan. How are you? All right. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. All right, Eric, you feeling you feeling good? You feeling confident about your chances against King? You bet. First time you've done this? First time. All right, another first timer. Last one did really well. We'll see whether you can take him or not. 
Your category options remaining are Dylan or Heath? Heath. All right. So Heath is the question. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock and see if you can win. Chuck Stenner from our next chop shop. Heath Ledger died shortly after portraying the Joker in this 2008 Christopher Nolan film. Batman. Oh, Knight. You need more specific. Black Knight. Sorry. Black Knight. That is incorrect. The Heath Bar, uh, the Heath Bar, now 110 years old, features milk chocolate covering this signature ingredient. Nougat. It's incorrect. From the comic strip and TV series, Heath Cliff is often associated with or even confused with this fellow orange cat. Pass. Heath Bell, former big league closer, twice won the Relief Man Award, sponsored by this fast-acting heartburn medicine. Pass. Which planet in our solar system is closest to the sun? Mercury. That is correct. Dead or alive, actor Donald Sutherland. All right, so a little bit of a rougher ride for you, but we'll see. We'll see. Never what, know. Maybe you can they make get it. for picking the Heath and not picking Dylan. Well, we'll, we'll see. They, they may be afraid it's Bob Dylan yeah, stuff. So, Just so, nothing so but Bob there. Dylan lyrics, one after the next, coming up in the next category. We don't know. Uh, Chuck is back in here. Chuck, Heath is the category here. Heath, take a deep breath. <laughs> who, who, who did I play against Eric? You're going against Eric. <clears throat> do I have history with Eric? You do not. Okay. So, rookie. All right. right. He's feeling good. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock, see if he can keep his dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Heath Ledger died shortly after portraying the Joker in this 2008 Christopher Nolan film. Dark Knight. That is correct. The Heath Bar, now 110 years old. Good bar. (laughs) Features milk chocolate covering this signature ingredient. That is correct. From the comic strip and TV series, Heath Cliff is often associated or even confused with this fellow orange cat. Oh, is that Garfield? That is correct. Heath Bell, former big league closer, twice won the Relief Man Award, sponsored by this fast-acting heartburn medicine. That is correct. Which planet is closest to our sun? Is that Mercury? That is correct. Dead or alive, actor Donald Sutherland. Oh, he's alive. He is alive. Finally, what is the capital of Maine? Uh, Augustus. That is incorrect. Augusta, we were looking for. You said Augustus. Oh, hell, Augusta, Maine. I'm sorry. ah, Did I win? Tell me I won. Tell me I won. Tell me I didn't lose on that. You didn't lose on that. Uh, You you squeezed out a victory against Eric. You can't win. It was was really close. How did Eric do? Uh, Eric will probably do better next time. You can't win. He tried hard. the bend. one, the one he got, he nailed. I mean, he you was can't on it. Win. Eric was bending spoons. Er, Eric, yeah, he, he he nailed the one he got. Really Easy well. on Eric, first timer. No, it's first oh, time. Oh, you a little nervous? The tick, 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 tick. No, yeah, okay, yeah. Discourage more first timers. Come on, Eric man. is going to do a great job the next time out. Again, you know, toffee cartoon cats. It's, it's weird stuff. He, who can blame him? All right, back to the isolation booth for Chuck. Saturday's gonna be so good. We got one more contestant that's going to try and take Chuck's dinner away from him. We'll see whether or not he can do it. It's Thomas. Thomas, welcome to 6A The Fan. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are y'all? Uh, doing all right. So you, you've, you've heard the last couple there. You, you feel like you can take the king? Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That doesn't, sound com- that doesn't sound confident to me. You sure, Thomas? I feel like I'll be in the middle of both. All right. You got to believe, Thomas. You got to say, I'm going to own that guy. Come on now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to own this guy. All right. There you go, Thomas. That's what we like to hear. All right, let's uh, put 60 seconds on the clock. Your category is going to be Dylan because that's the one that's left. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock, see if you can win Chuck's dinner from Arnett's Chop Shop. Bob Dylan was the original author of All Along the Watchtower, made more popular by this late musician. Uh, Elvis Presley. That is incorrect. Matt Dillon start along Ben's start alongside Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz in this 1998 Fairly Brothers movie. Uh, pass. Dillon, Texas, is the setting for this television series centered around big time high school football. Friday Night Lights. That is correct. Dylan McKay from TV's 90210 was portrayed by this dreamy actor. Pass. Which planet in our solar system is furthest away from the sun? 
I don't think Pluto is considered a planet anymore, so it's got to be hmm, Saturn. That's incorrect. Dead or alive, journalist Barbara Walters. She's still alive. That is incorrect. What is the capital of California? All right, Thomas, we'll see, uh, we'll see if we can make it stand up for you here. Valiant effort. All right, Chuck, you're back in the studio. Yeah, huh? Category this time, of course, is going to be Dylan, the last remaining category. Deep breath. See if you can hold on to the last card. Ah. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Let's put 60 seconds on Chuck's game clock and see if he can keep his dinner from our Nets Chop Shop. Bob Dylan was the original author of All Along the Watchtower, made more popular by this Jimmy. Late. That is correct. Well, take your word for it. Hendrix. Hendrix, there you go. Matt Dillon starred alongside Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz in this 1998 Fairly Brothers movie. Uh, something about Mary. That is correct. Dillon, Texas is the setting for this television series centered around big-time high school Friday football. Night Lights. That is correct. Dylan McKay from TV's 90210 was portrayed by this dreamy actor. Uh, that would be Jason Priestley. That's incorrect. That would be Luke Perry. Well, you only get one, Chuck. Which popular, excuse me, which planet in our solar system is the furthest away from the sun? Oh, is that uh, Uranus? Incorrect. Dead or alive, journalist Barbara Walters. She's dead. That is correct. What is the capital of California? Sacramento. That is correct. Correct. Tell me I didn't lose a card. Tell me I didn't lose a card. Tell me I didn't lose a card. You didn't lose a card. Thank you. You can't win! Chuck goes three for three. You damn right. You, 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 you got you a You just assumed you were going to have Uranus on there? I, I am on guard against y'all, yes. <laughs> so did we get an answer, though? Did we get a definitive answer on were we is gonna Pluto, Pluto? going to be counted as a no, planet? No, yeah, Pluto's not a planet. Neptune is the correct answer. Okay, so Pluto would not have counted as the correct answer. That's some music. There you Thank go. Thank you. You know, I was going to call for it, but I was went so out excited. To get, no, I went out to get two cards during the break. I went out to get three. They're like, yeah, you can have two now. you got to win the third one. And I was like, what? It's like, I'm going to win the third <laughs> one. It's like, we'll go win it. All right. Well, we got Chuck's music playing. Victory is Chuck's today and win Chuck's dinner. Thanks to all the callers who gave it their best shot. Coming up, we'll tell you how one option sticks out above the rest when it comes to this particular roster spot on the Braves. Chuck and Chernoff rolling on here on a Thursday. Heath Klein, Dylan Short in with Kang today. Keeping you company, rolling right on up to 6. Thanks for being with us here on 6A The Fan and 93.7 FM, this hour of the show. Presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. Oh, who's the guest? And as was noted right there, of course, baseball is in fact back. The Braves... Down in Northport, one more day tomorrow with Nick and Chris coming to you, bringing you great coverage from down there. But I know in particular, Dylan, you're fired up about this one, about the fifth starter spot for the Braves and about the different possibilities that they've got here. I am because, look, when you're a team as good as the Braves and you have basically your entire starting core of position groups locked up for like five years you don't get a lot of storylines in spring, which means sometimes it can be hard to get through some of those games where the starters are gone after the second or third inning, and you got to go through and watch a bunch of guys. Well, there is one area of the team that is still going to be very hotly contested. It's going to be the fifth starter spot, which feels like a running theme for about the last four or five years. There's a lot of guys in contention that are all pretty similar, whether you want to say it's Bryce Elder, Darius Vines, Alan Winans. Um, Ian's not in the running for opening day because he's going to be out till probably about, I would guess, July-ish, maybe right after the All-Star break. Waskar Noah's in, in there as well. And Waskar is the guy that I really like focusing on. It's not a secret to anybody that has listened to me for the past two or three years that I'm a big fan of Waskar. When he came out in 2021, that spring training in 2021, he came out and he just started mowing people down. All of a sudden, this is a guy that, don't forget, the Braves got him for, what was it, uh, Jaime Garcia, I want to say. Uh, for the from the yep. twins for the last year of the contract as a 19 year old they yep. got and they brought him over this was a guy that was with the twins had a seven pitch arsenal so a lot of stuff behind Waskar different profile came up in 21 dominated had a bad start punched a bench broke his hand was not the same guy after that and then had Tommy John easy to forget him 
don't underestimate the fact that he survived the 40-man purge this offseason where you just saw five guys that were cluttering up 40-man spots, including somebody like Michael Soroka, who we all really wanted to Kyle see. Kyle Wright. And Kyle Mike, Wright, Michael Soroka, names. Jared Schuster, all these guys. We need more spots. You guys are gone. Waskar Noah was left because when you talk about this fifth spot, Waskar brings something to the table that none of the other guys do. And I'm including Reynaldo Lopez in this because Reynaldo Lopez, the starter and Reynaldo Lopez, the reliever are two very, very different players, at least on the backs of their careers. Waskar is a guy who one of the things we talk about in baseball, it's easier to get, it's easier to get away with mistakes when you can throw the ball a hundred. Waskar averages about 97 miles an hour on his fastball. At least he did his last healthy season back in 2021, even did a little bit in 2022 where he can stand out from the rest of the pack. Because I think the Braves could basically roll out whoever they wanted in the fifth starter spot. They're still a playoff team. They could basically give up every fifth game and just say, we're just not going to pitch a guy still be a playoff team where Waskar stands out from the rest. Yes. It's the swing and miss, which to me is always the most important thing. Take the defense out of it, sit the other guy down. The other aspect of this, though, which he doesn't get enough credit for, he doesn't walk people. When you look at Waskar back in 2021, and again, not a full season, should be mentioned. Also, that's right around the time. Teams crack down on the sticky substances in baseball, so we got to kind of see a little bit. But his, his strikeout-to-walk ratio, which to me, strikeout percentage, walk percentage, those are more important than K per nine, walk per nine especially in this day, a 20% strikeout to walk ratio. That's phenomenal for a guy that can throw 97 has a, a real swing and miss slider. Very similar to, to kind of, it's not the exact same as strider. He's not going to throw a hundred with that same type of spin. But now that the two pitch pitcher has become a lot more common in baseball, the idea that you're just going to have to throw him into a bullpen role. And maybe that happens, maybe, but the idea that he's going to be ticketed for a bullpen role now, because he doesn't have a third pitch. The Braves are one of the few or one of the most well-versed teams in baseball and working with guys that are two pitches. Do not sleep on the ability for Waskar if he comes in and has a great spring. I think it's going to be Bryce Elder, certainly the leader. If Waskar comes out this spring and has the same type of spring he had in 2021, where he's mowing people down left and right, do not be surprised if you see Waskar Enoa grab that fifth starter spot. All right, my question is about Bryce Elder for something that you kind of mentioned just for a second. Um, Lopez, this is why I like him in the pen, because when he's pitching the eighth inning, he knows going into the first hitter, the real idea is for me to face three guys, maybe four. I can unwind the engine a little bit. I can redline this thing. Um, If the idea is for me to go maybe six innings and face 22, 23 hitters, well, that's a totally different approach. Um, I've said, I like animal pen. I like, we come at you one after another, and it's one real big live arm like Pierce Johnson. It's what Nick Anderson was never able to really be consistently. Give me that arm. That's what the pen's about. That's where Lopez fits. All right, here's the problem or question, challenge, issue. If Elder isn't a starter, Elder's the opposite of here comes the live arm out of the pen. So I don't know what becomes of Bryce Elder if he's not in the rotation. Like, he doesn't have that flexibility. No. So even if you want to give him, say, a two-mile-an-hour bump, which is generally what you see when you when you talk about – I let it go. Yeah, when I can just let loose and fire. Generally, you're going to grab about two-mile-an-hour. Elder is a guy that is built to be better more innings that he throws because he's got four or five pitches that he'll throw, and sequencing, you know, is a big deal for him. Widen the plate. But not for the same level of deal that is for Reynaldo Lopez, who's like, you know what? I could tell you I'm just going to throw you fastball and slider, but hey, good luck hitting them now. Elder has to grab that fifth starter spot because you're right. There's in, In this pin particularly, with the way that Alex has built this bullpen for this season where it is nothing but flame throwers. It shows intent. It does. It is, hey, we noticed what the Phillies did. It's just 98, 98, 98, 101. We're going to do that That's same thing. That's the scratch-off ticket on Ken Giles. Exactly. And it's a, that's the that's what the idea was behind bringing in Reynaldo Lopez. That is the backup plan for Enoa. If it doesn't work for him as a starter, cool. Just go throw 100 out of the pen. Elder is a guy that I am really looking forward to seeing what he does this spring because I have a feeling you'll see a different pitch added to that mix too. I've been kind of hammering for a cutter. I want to see him have something that's just basically Everybody the same thing as a sinker. Cutter. Well, for him, I don't need him throwing a four seam. If it's going to be 89 to 90, don't need a four seam. Give me a cutter and a sinker that's the same speed. Hitters aren't going to know what direction that works for him. 
And I still think he's the leader in the clubhouse for that role because, again, got to remember, 24, 25 years old, he's not a 33-year-old fully developed pitcher yet. First full season last year, kind of fell apart at the end. But he got some skins on the wall. He did. And there's a lot to learn when you go through your first full season in the big. So I'm not going to write off Bryce Elder, but you're right. If he doesn't win this job out of camp, my guess is he'd be in AAA. Or I'm not trying to be funny here, but like where Sean Newcomb went, who did I see? Who was the the A's opening day starter? Kyle Muller. Kyle Muller was the A's. If he doesn't make the Braves as the fifth starter, then he is a 90-loss team, second or third starter. There's yeah. a lot more trade value in, in the Bryce Elder role than Braves fans want to give him credit for because Braves fans will just see the second half and oh, say, no, oh, there are a lot of teams that would love to. You watch, you watch the guys the that just got paid. Luke, Lucas Giolito just got nearly $20 million a season to get bombed on, but he at least gives you innings. No, there's no doubt. Elder would have some value if you needed to trade for a spare part, if you'd had an injury or something like that. He would have value. Look, any combination of events that leads to Ronaldo Lopez as a starter, to me, would be a bad one. So yeah, I, you may very well be right about that Wascari Noah's the guy, but even if he's not, I mean, Lopez, the history of what he is as a starter versus what he is out of the pen, it's pretty clear. I understand, hey, you know what, maybe different situation, different coaching, but, I mean, there's just uh, nothing here. You look at the numbers, there's just nothing a- to like about him and his work, particularly in Chicago, with a, a staff that showed, a guy like Don Cooper showed, he couldn't make pitchers better. And he never really made Lopez better, at least as a starter. It's a really, really good example of the difference between throwing 97 and throwing 100. Because if, if you want to dig deeper, and if you're somebody that's been trying to dig a little bit deeper in analytics or trying to go for a little bit of a deeper knowledge of the game, a guy like Reynaldo Lopez is really good to look at what you term fastball shape. Which means, why is this guy's 96-mile-an-hour fastball a swing-and-miss pitch all the time, and this guy's 96-mile-an-hour fastball gets bombed on? That's what you talk about with pitch shape. And it's a lot easier to get away with mistake pitches or bad shapes or bad spins when you can throw triple digits versus when you throw 96, which is basically every team has at least two pitchers that do that. I was surprised when the Braves signed him. I was surprised at the conversation about starters because I said, honestly, I'm – MLB Network, they just give you stuff. So I was, I was like, I watch a lot of American League Baseball. Um, and I was like, I think I know this guy. It's, I got a heater. <laughs> what can you do with it? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't remember anything about him starting the game. I remember him coming in and saying, I'm ready. And he's a guy that when he was coming up and he was a prospect with the Nationals before they made that deal to send him over to Chicago, terrible deal. Um, he was one of the most highly regarded right-handed pitching prospects. And that didn't work out. They had, I think him and Lucas Giolito both went in that move to the White Sox, I want to say. So this is the first time he's not played on a team with Lucas Giolito. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where it doesn't sound like it's that crazy. Oh, what's the real difference between 96, 97 and 98 to 100? When you start talking about playing at the margins, which is what everything at the big league level is. It's not about talent. Every player that has played in Major League Baseball, name the worst player you can possibly think of. He's better than anybody you ever watched play live, unless you saw another big leaguer. It's all about what you do at the margins. And while nominally, I think they'll give Reynaldo Lopez a shot. I don't think they're lying about it. Alex has kind of shown he's willing to try whatever in spring. Well, the reality is, too, whoever the fifth starter is right now, the chances they'll be the fifth starter all year are basically zero. No, whether it's you're going to have nine, ten people make a, starts. A Chirinos type in the middle of the year, yeah. or whether it's a guy like Waldrop gets promoted in June if they like what they're seeing. AJ Smith, Shaver. There's a lot of options. But you're going to have about team. ten guys get starts for the Braves this year. So even whoever gets the nominal fifth starter spot might not finish the season as a fifth starter. But there you go. I think. It, I think it'll be Bryce Elder, but I would not sleep on the chance for Waskar to take that job. Coming up, three words about our Falcons' expectations come with a whole bunch of context. Charles will explain exactly what we mean straight ahead right here on 6A The Fan and 93.7 FM. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma. Blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit Subaru of Gwinnett.com to learn more. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.